0: RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Kiwi actor Lee Donahue was born and raised in Lower Huts until moving to Auckland to pursue his acting career after landing a lead role in Shortland Street. Lee utilised his public profile to become involved in various charity works, including... The make a wish foundation tv3 telethon then he traveled abroad to pursue his acting career further i think he went to hollywood we'll find out in just a moment and eventually felt that this industry and the media had been hijacked by anti-democratic agendas this has led him back home to represent new zealand first in the upcoming election to as he says safeguard the fundamental values of democracy and sovereignty in our country. Lee Donahue joins us this morning on Reality Check Radio. Lee, welcome to the radio station. Nice to have you. Thank you, Paul. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, what part did you play in Shortland Street, you got to tell us? I was uh, Hunter
1: Mackay. I was uh, um, a little uh, rascal who, uh, you know, had a lot of fun uh, on the show and ended up wanting to study medicine and and, et cetera. and And actually, the outline, or the, the out story that they, they gave me was a really, really important one. And it's almost like Shortland Street has the ability of The Simpsons, doesn't it? It kind of predicts the future a little bit. Um, okay, I
0: had never thought of it in that way, but I'll take and, your word uh, for it.
1: <laughs> and my character was involved um, with uh, drugs.
0: Oh, okay. and, yep.
1: and it was quite a bit of a heavy storyline. And um, I got a lot of fan mail from around the country because the character I was playing was, you know, his parents were doctors, one was a surgeon, et cetera. So they were from a, quite a well-to-do family. And a lot of people said to me, they wrote in and they said, thank you for telling the story because it doesn't just affect um, low socioeconomic families. It, you know, it affects people from a broad range. And I think that problem's only just gotten worse, sadly enough.
0: Yeah, and I suppose um, it didn't take you too long to realize that if you're on a program like that in a country like this, that you're basically a star in public property. How was that?
1: I remember when I first moved up. I, I mean, I, I worked a lot as an actor. I was very fortunate. Um, as, a, as, a, as a child, I started at about the age of eight. I started doing commercials and TV shows and things like that. So, But none of them were really kind of made me famous locally. Uh, so when I moved up to Auckland for the show, it didn't take too long. And then I was, you know, going out for a drink with friends or going out for dinner. And then I would just notice people looking at me, staring at me. And your first reaction is, what are you looking at? You know, do you have a problem? And then I'm thinking, Oh, gee, it's because I'm on the show. <laughs> That's exactly right.
0: Yeah. I went out on an evening um, with one of the Shortland street actors. I won't mention who he was, but I quickly found out, and I wasn't a great watcher of the show. And I know quite a few, few well known people. So I didn't, I'm not sitting there starstruck or anything. But uh-huh. uh, I mean, we we just walked a few hundred meters and he got stopped about five times, you know. I thought, <laughs> yeah. Crikey. What it a It got life. pretty
1: crazy. It got pretty crazy. I mean, I remember, you know, you were with friends sitting down somewhere and, and, you know, young girls would just push right in between you and you, you're quite close talking in a, in a loud setting. And they would just push them between you and start taking photos of you. You know, it was pretty crazy.
0: Oh, yeah, your public property, the price of fame. Okay, so then you go to Hollywood. Am I right?
1: Yeah, so I actually, um, the great thing, the more kind of senior you are at Shorty Street, the more contracts you kind of negotiate, the more time off you have, the more paid leave. So I'd been on it for a few years. And so I had all this... um, paid leave saved up so i took it and i ended up studying with some great acting coaches some world famous acting coaches in new york and on the way back my agent says to me i've got a meeting for you in la it's a massive agent beyonce's agent at icm whoa okay and i'm like okay i'm listening and she said when are you in la i want to set this up and i just said well i'm not i'm just kind of transiting through and she was like well you need to change your plans now and let me know before they change their mind. So I did and flew into LA spent a little bit of time there and ended up having this meeting and uh and she says I want to work with you I want you here now you need to get out of that show and you know you need to be here. So boy I, that
0: happens it, quick eh hey? when it happens Yeah
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it it, it does so um, I negotiated out of the contract at Shorty. They were really, really cool. They left the negotiations pretty late for me. And um, and yeah, I, I just packed everything up and away I went. Um, and moving to the United States was a huge, huge eye-opener for me. You know, I went there as this, I'd say, a young liberal, know-it-all Shorty actor who, yeah. you know, thought the United States didn't know anything about, you know, anything. And I knew everything and the right way everything should be. Um, but it was a really eye opener for me, and I've my, you know, my perspective has changed quite greatly.
0: Okay, so what 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 were your impressions? Because we hear a lot about Hollywood, you know, mm. the sort of the wokeness, a predictive yeah. programming tool of of the elites, and all of that. You hear everything. So, and, and obviously that was an incredible opportunity, and and probably a great opportunity to make money. So, yeah. what happened? Well. It was quite interesting. You know, I'm going out to Paramount.
1: I'm meeting the head of casting at Paramount, Warner Brothers, uh, Fox, stuff like that. Um, you know, you, you seeing, you know, people like you know, Al Pacino at the agency and things like that walking around and you're like, this is an, on another level. But in terms of the culture of Hollywood, um, I remember – uh, getting very close, but no cigar to a couple of big rolls. And my agent, and she said to me, she said, I'm sorry, kiddo. She'd always call me kiddo. She said, I'm sorry, kiddo. Things are, things are changing in Hollywood. She said uh, they want diversity. Oh, you're, and you're the white male guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and I was like, Really? And I said, okay, you know, I didn't really think too much of it at at the time. And I said, you know, that's cool. I I can totally see that part played by a different ethnicity or what have you um, and going in a different direction. And I kind of just let it kind of water off a duck's back and just keep on going. And then I remember watching, I think it was the 70th Emmy Awards or something like that. And the opening act, you know, there was an ensemble of them there singing, going we want diversity, diversity. And one of the stars came kind of, you know, descending down on the stage. And he goes, hey, guys, is there a you know, a part for a straight white male in this production? And they're like, uh-uh-uh, get out of here. We want diversity. you know." And it's like you think if the roles were reversed, it would be kind of hell to pay, right? It was, it was just kind of crazy. And that was a kind of one of the moments I woke up and I said, hmm, you know, this this is, uh, they're definitely pushing a political agenda. And then, I mean, you see what's happening in the United States with um, something that's very relatable to, you, to New Zealand with this gender ideology. You know, in Florida, the governor there, Ron DeSantis, executive ordered uh, that, you know, these kind of things would, would not be spoken about um, at primary school level. They call it elementary school over there. And. The uh, Academy Awards got wind of this, and uh, it happened just shortly before the Academy Awards. And they got up on stage and they attacked it, and they said, "We're going to have a gay old time here, Florida, because we're, you know." And they tried to package it as an anti-gay bill, the "Don't Say Gay" bill.
0: But what uh, had yes. happened yep, was we've heard about this, yeah.
1: But what had happened was is you know a young uh, young young kid's parent mother, I think, had actually got wind of that. You know there was a a teacher there that had rainbow flags up and all that. And the kids are going, Oh, I like your flag. And then, you know, that's that's the cue to start talking about all the different genders and everything. And, and then I guess they, they didn't really tell the parents what they were kind of putting in the kids' heads.
0: Well, that, then, that's a tell, isn't it, Lee? When you don't tell yeah. the the parents that's for a reason.
1: And then yeah. they were telling the kids like, Oh, you know, if you like Barbie dolls, um, then, to me, you might actually be a girl, and um, we won't tell Mummy and daddy, but um you know this will be our little thing together, and it's so weird and it's it's very, very weird, to say the least, and uh, and then you know and then you see your heroes on stage at the Academy Awards uh, defending this kind of stuff and then trying uh, to make are up, they like,
0: defending it, Lee? are they defending it from 100%. a philosophical um, um, point of view, or are they defending it because that's how they make their money?
1: Look. If you speak out against it, if you don't drink their Kool Aid, you don't work. We've seen this. I mean, you're a smart guy, right? Statistics-wise, I think so. Back in the old, Mm. you look at. I I wouldn't say I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. You know i mean back in the old days when you had what lee majors and steve mcqueen and these guys you know and clint eastwood you know in their heyday i mean you could be a republican a conservative right and it was no no big deal yeah. now in hollywood if you say that you're a conservative you kind of you're not in the club you're not in the club and if you don't if you don't toe the line with that progressive liberal agenda that left radical agenda You just, you know, look at what happened just recently. The Supreme Court of the United States ruled that, you know, affirmative action um, was unconstitutional. You know, one of the top universities in the United States was lowering the acceptance rate for certain ethnicities. And, you know, they, they looked at the Constitution and said, hey, it says all created equal here. So this is wrong. And then you see all these movie stars coming out like five minutes later, all just saying, this is racist and this and that and da da da. It's almost like it's all coordinated. It's just so fake.
0: Yeah, this, um, particularly the, because we're going to get onto this, because it's one of the things that you're concerned about. And I think why you, one of the reasons why you've decided to become a candidate for New Zealand First. And this obsession with sexualizing or bringing sex into everything as if, well, I, I don't know, as if what? I think is it's, it's more about g-
1: confusion. It's more about confusing our
0: kids. And um... but, but you could find other things to confuse kids about. Why does it, this is the question I have, many people have. Why is it this? Because on the surface, it looks like some kind of sick yeah. um, um, obsession.
1: Well, look, the great thing is with acting, you learn to always try and dig deeper, right? It's a little bit like a detective. You always try and find the common denominator. And the common denominator is around what I just said, is, is, is from what I see, is confusion, resentment, um, looking at Western culture as, uh, you know, all the ists and, you know, racist and sexist and, uh, you know, the toxic, you know, patriarchy and all this kind of thing. And 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 they want to... It really is, is kind of designed to, what, from what I see, just kind of implode Western culture um, and everything that we stand for and the, the status quo is bad um, and that everyone's a victim of it. And I think that's wrong.
0: That'd be okay if it didn't lead to body um, mutilation. I've seen the pictures. They're horrific, oh, yeah. what they well, do to you- young kids. They are bloody horrific. Yeah, when when you when you hear that is sick, really
1: sad. Well, when you hear the sad, sad um stories of these kids, young, you know, young adults who've been through this transitioning process and the absolute regret and pain and misery that they go through with, you know, feeling like that they were lied to, that they were led and coaxed into these decisions without knowing the full consequence of what they were doing because they were so young. Even the families are just beside themselves, and you know you, you've got young, you know, young girls who tried to transition to to men who have had you know their you know uh, breast removed. They've taken hormones and that have horrific,
0: damaged, horrific damaged injury. their
1: bodies, and 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 you know they're never yeah. going to be able to have children again. And it's just so sad. It's just really, really sad. And and uh, yeah, New Zealand First is like, hey, this is you know like I said on, on ZB actually uh, the other day, you know, we're a turbocharger for the good ideas and we're a handbrake for the bad ideas. And this is clearly a bad idea. And I'm really proud of New Zealand First for being the only party that has the gusto and the courage to be able to stand up and say, this is not okay. This is not okay. And we won't let our kids, you know, be treated this way or abused this
0: way. So when you made the decision to, well, come back, um, did it go in this sort of chronological order? You decided that you wanted to do something political you were overseas, you came back, or was it the other way around? but anyway, what was the point where you decided I need to be engaged in this way?
1: Well, look, I moved over to the United States. I was you know living in Hollywood doing that, and um I just kind of lost faith in the industry like 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 I told you and I'd always been been interested in politics and I was concerned with New Zealand and what was going on after 2020 and the, the whole handling of the COVID crisis and that we were, you know, printing money like there was no tomorrow and we weren't reinvesting it in the health system, which we needed drastically. And again, you know, it's, it's a weird thing. I don't know why, but Kiwis, you know, we're at the bottom of the world and, and we always know best, but I was always telling people, I remember, you know, the little Facebook rants you have with your mates, and I said to them, why, you know, this is coming to New Zealand. Why aren't we reinvesting this money um, back in the healthcare system? I mean, you know, so we can have ventilators and masks and, uh, you know, therapeutics and all these things. Don't mention masks around me. I'm warning you. Okay. Okay. Well, and the thing is, right, so everyone just said, well, we, we know what we're doing. We don't have COVID in that country. And it was this kind of, you know, we know everything kind of stuff. And then it it, it came, right? It came.
0: Inevitably, it was going to, of course.
1: Yeah. Um, and we weren't prepared for it. And then everyone's, you know, wasn't allowed to criticise the government. It was, we are your only source of information. And, uh, you know, I've had family that were forced out of jobs because they they weren't vaccinated. Um and New Zealand first is an anti-vaccine. I mean, Winston said this himself. He's triple vaxxed. I'm double vaxxed.
0: Hey, um, let's just make one thing clear, mate. It's not a vaccine, as a traditional well, vaccine. It's a gene no, it's not. therapy. And if it was called yes. a gene therapy, people would have run a mile from it. Just so
1: hundred percent. And you know, it's it's wrong that you know people were told you know you either take this or you don't work. I mean, you don't know, feed your family. That's that's wrong. It's wrong. And that's what New Zealand First, um, you know, understands. And we want to get rid of the mandates and um, make sure that people are compensated for that loss.
0: And also, I think um, the party through Winston has come out and committed to a very wide-ranging and thorough independent inquiry into the whole thing, including efficacy, which is a very important um, part of it. So have you seen a bump. Well, okay. The latest poll I saw was from the Guardian a few days ago. Okay. It had New Zealand first at 5.3%. So there's been a bump. I noticed ACT had come down a bit. So I'm wondering if they're bleeding to New Zealand first, which might tell us something. But do you think those, the stances that have been announced by the party recently are starting to show in support now?
1: Yeah, look, I think, I think New Zealand First is arguably more relevant now than it's ever been. I think, uh, you know, there are a lot of forces out there, globalist uh, institutions and organizations that, you know, want a piece of New Zealand and want to kind of push their authoritarian uh, ways on us. And um, New Zealand First is the only party that really seems to be standing up to it. I mean, you look at BlackRock that just announced recently. look at the United Nations Declaration uh, of Indigenous People. Um, I mean, I didn't know, you know, until a little while ago that that was actually signed by National. Uh, Three years prior to John Key signing that, um, Winston Peters was the foreign minister, and Helen Clark wanted him to sign it, and he said, no, I'm not signing this. This is going to tear our country apart. And quite rightly so, and that's exactly what it's doing because it it gave birth to the Haipua Pua report, the break, right? And they hid that from Winston. And uh, Willie Jackson was, you know, quoted as saying he was pleased that they kept it from from Winston. So, you know, you see these big parties and if you slowly just peel away the the smokescreen, which is, you know, the blue team want lower taxes and businesses to do better and the red team want, you know, a bit better kind of welfare state and more support for the needy. If you kind of peel that layer away on the global issues, Paul, they are right down the same, right down the middle.
0: Yeah. What do you make of, the? because it's the most recent of what you've just mentioned, the BlackRock deal? Because people are saying, no one asked me, if you're dealing with BlackRock, a fund the size of a country, third biggest economy in the world. Some people are saying, based on the the value of funds they manage and the global reach they had, you can't just go out and commit your country just like that without saying anything, and then just springing it on, especially when people are suspicious of connections with WEF. Christopher Hipkins was in China. He met with, I think, Klaus and the team there. We've had Jacinda walking out the front of BlackRock. Something's been going on, but it's never been put to the people. What do you say about that? I'm just so glad that this has kind of hit the
1: mainstream, because, you know, you talk about World Economic Forum and BlackRock, you know, a couple of years back and people would think you're you are you mad. Um, and now we've seen, you know, Chris Hipkins fly with two planes, by the way, um, to China to go try and do a deal and, and grovel and then, you know, go and meet Klaus Schwab um, on the side. And, you know, it's all right there in front of us, folks. It's right there in front of us. I think if any prime minister goes to meet you know, an organisation like BlackRock and have a meeting that is clearly regards to New Zealand. There needs to be a record of that meeting. There was no, from what I've seen, and the uh, you know, uh, Information Act requests on the meeting. There was no minutes. There was no, nothing recorded. Sorry, um, there's nothing to report on here. And I think she just made up some kind of lame excuse on why she was there and etc. It was it it kind of stinks to high heavens. But I was really pleased that Winston Peters uh, was on uh, TV One, I think. Yeah, Breakfast TV One. Talking about it. Yeah, he was talking about it. You tell the poor young lad had no clue. Well, exactly. Look, he said, you know, he basically said, why are we letting these globalist powers come in? He said, these aren't, you know, people that are concerned about the environment and want to do the right thing. These are, you know, ruthless business people that, um want to come in for profits and control and he said we should be looking to do this ourselves supporting our own economy our own industry and therefore we're in charge of our own power production right and he kind of also said something that was really quite correct like we're 80 80 odd percent the way there with renewables already and our our footprint in terms of world pollution is less than
0: 1%. That's why it doesn't make sense, Lee. Now you're onto it. It doesn't make logical sense. It's it's a jack up. It's gotta be.
1: And you know, when they're having these closed door meetings and uh and then, you know, Jacinda has no, no gas left in the tank, no pun intended. Um, you know, and then now she's got a, a multi-million dollar book deal, a damehood. Um, it's kind of strange, don't you think?
0: Well, I think um, we're selling our sovereignty. That's my 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 view, and I think a lot of... And you can't escape that. You have to consider that now, given everything that's happened. Well, if because, that's your theory,
1: Paul, what's
0: the answer to that? And that is a Nationalist Party with a capital N, right? Well, that's what that's what you are campaigning for. So you're standing in the Hutt South electorate, which is old stamping ground for you, right? <laughs> yes, yes. It's like coming back home. It is coming back home, and... Um yeah, everywhere I go, there's
1: just so many memories. And, uh, uh, I was actually campaigning, uh, you know, on the, on the trail of trying to find a private hoarding site. And, uh, I knocked on my old address on Knights road. It's, it's quite a high visibility area. And I, I knocked yep. on the door and there were renters there. And I said, hi. And they said, I know you when you, <laughs> I said, yeah, there hi. You go. Yeah. And I said, I used to live here. And, uh, um, and yeah, it was quite funny. Uh, it was I had some funny stories to tell them. Um, and did you and get the the hoarding up there? They they were renting, so they have uh, right. going to email the landlord for me. Yes.
0: What what sort of as you go around, and I think you're competing or you're up against in the electorate. And I'll ask you how important the electorate is in a moment. But you're up against, I think, Chris Bishop National. Jenny Anderson is the Labor candidate. I think she has the seat at the moment. So as you're going around knocking on doors, presuming you're doing that, what what are people engaging you with? What, what what is the conversation? What are the questions you're getting? Uh what what is your sense of 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 what people have, you know, a- average everyday people are thinking? I think the average everyday
1: person is uh, you know, kind of very frustrated. Um And have a lot to say about this current government's performance, both, uh, you know, with policing and crime and sentencing. Uh, We've seen, I mean, it's kind of a hot topic right now with, you know, gangs running around the country just doing whatever they want to do. And I almost feel sorry for uh, the police minister because I it's almost cruel at the moment because it seems that um, the prime minister's team around him is kind of uh, failing on many fronts and it just doesn't seem to be that they're doing much. I mean, I think in Auckland central, we had another shooting just recently and I I believe the police minister. Yeah. And I, I, you know, sad to say, and I, I believe that the police minister, pulled the extra police out of the area and, and changed it to a volunteer um, uh, format. And now people are arguing that they want the police station back and they want more police presence on the streets and, and what have you. And to be honest, I mean, look, the, the problem is gangs, right, and these illegal firearms and uh, all the other parties are just so weak when it comes well, to Why did they, they take
0: all the firearms from the um, the legal owners then? Because, again, it's all about uh, power, isn't it? It's, all
1: a, it's, a, it's a power grab. Um, and it was the wrong thing to do. And, and a lot of the actors in New Zealand thought the way that the Prime Minister at the time uh, responded to that horrific shooting uh, was brilliant. And, and I thought to myself, really? I thought going, going on TV, confiscating all the law-abiding citizens' firearms, and kind of scolding everyone in the country like we did it, like it was our fault.
0: Yeah, he was an Australian. And I was, was an led, Australian.
1: He was and mentally he was led ill. To,
0: and he had a firearms license through to a change in the there law that
1: a, they created. There is a lot of uh, strange things around that case, and it was all brushed under the carpet, and we're taking all the good guys' guns, and that's it.
0: And we can't uh, read the was, manifesto because we're not mature enough to handle that. And, you know, uh, we weren't even allowed to mention his name.
1: Yes, it was, it was not handled very well. And, and I think uh, the way it was handled was, was a little bit of an insult to the community that, that suffered such, such a horrific tragedy. Well, they had and police and visiting they,
0: people in
1: neighbourhoods, grilling them. I, I, I just think we deserve more. I really do. I really think we deserve more and more transparency.
0: Anyway, we could probably go on about those things. So, um, so it's, not, it's not out of sync, let's say, with the electorate to push a nationalist political line now. Well,
1: look, I think Hut South, the electorate that I'm, I'm in, um, there's a lot of families Right, so there's a lot of concern about what we were talking about earlier regarding the, the education system and where it's going and what they're introducing. With
0: Are you RFC. really hot on that particular thing?
1: Um, I've kind of been tarred with that brush because I got up and spoke. I had a, a policy remit around that um, that the party is right behind. And then the Herald did an article on on me bringing it up at the convention and what have yeah, you. And I have that. given a couple of other interviews. Yeah. Um. And you know, look, I mean, I've got you know, niece and a nephew and godsons and. Cousins and things like that that are all going through this kind of education system at the moment, and we don't want them to, you know, go through this horrendous kind of RSE, which, you know, um, you mentioned uh, before. Like, I mean, ACT, for example, um, it's kind kind of interesting. I, I'm kind of bewildered at why they're polling at even eleven because. You know their record isn't very great, and I think if you look at them, they are conservative fiscally, but socially they're quite they're quite liberal. And I think it was actually your your show that you had David Seymour on here talking about it, and he was arguing for RSC, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, and drag queen story hour for kids.
0: Well, he he wasn't pushing back against it. He was, yeah, you, he was you playing,
1: could... He was saying, "Well, what's wrong with that?" And yeah. I'm thinking. You don't he, know wanted, he wanted me about? to
0: name specific instances to which I said, well, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're out of touch.
1: Yeah, I was just very disappointed with that. And, um, and I'm just, again, you know, I'm proud to be part of a party, and, uh, running for a party that tells it like it is and isn't afraid to say what's on everybody's mind. And I'm just so annoyed that that kind of is the world we're living in right now, that people are so afraid to speak up, otherwise they're going to be cancelled. I mean so many people on on social media now are hiding having to hide behind aliases because you can't even speak your mind anymore. Is that a New Zealand that we want to live in?
0: Here's an example. We had a um, we had feedback from a listener who put a link up to an interview I did with Matt Shelton from NZD SOS New Zealand Doctors Standing Up for Science and they tried to share that replay link on their Facebook Messenger and got banned from Facebook for 3 days for doing it. So this is what we're dealing with. Who owns Who owns Facebook? Well, we know who we know who does, and who's got a direct line, and who's giving Black them Ross. the links. How do they know? <laughs> How do they know?
1: Yeah, and I'm so glad uh, Twitter or X, as it's known by now, is is yeah. out of out of the globalist hands and with Elon Musk. And uh, and I tell you, it's um it's a great great space to be in and a great space to talk about these issues.
0: Okay, so um, let's say NZ First is over that threshold now. By a, you know a small margin, but but there. Let's assume that that's the case. How? What is the potential, Lee, mm-hmm. on the day? What is the? I've heard people throwing figures around at mm-hmm. the upper end. You might think, well, that's probably not not reachable. But what do you think? Well, I saw a poll actually
1: uh, late last night that showed us at five point seven. So you're right; we are climbing. Um there is still a way to go it's not it's not too far away, but we are making some some progression up i think I think we have a real chance of of getting to ten percent. and that would be significant, wouldn't it? It would be huge, it would be huge. and you know you look at what Winston Peters and New Zealand first has been able to achieve with you know, seven percent six percent in the past and the policies that they've got over the line i mean one of them was the 1800 new police and you know it's so frustrating um that labor are taking all the credit for that when it wasn't them at all it was new zealand first
0: okay so presumably you've you've dealt with them reasonably closely in in your journey so far with new zealand first i've had him on the program a few times and have been observing winston for a long time i don't know him beyond those moments. From your heart, is he the real deal? I I
1: know he's the real deal because I've spent time with him. Um and I tell you what, he is is sharp as attack. He has a wicked sense of humor. Him and his wife Jan um was so welcoming to me and Jan gave me a big hug and a kiss and uh was so was so grateful that I'd made you know the, the journey and, and and getting in the fight for them and, and for our country and um New Zealand First is a family it really is a family and you know we're a grassroots movement we're doing this on a fraction of the budget of the other parties uh, I'm not getting paid I'm doing a, a lot of things you know um you know with what I can and um we're all doing it for the love of this country. And uh, Winston has been very, very gracious with me and given me a lot of time.
0: Okay. Last question because it's most recent. Um, a couple of head uh, jobs in terms of advertising on billboards. I think in Auckland. I haven't seen them in Wellington. Where mm-hmm. um, won't be fooled again as the as uh, the strap line, big picture of a smiling Winston. I think the act advertisements. But it 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 kind of seems like a bit of a confusing message to me. It, it looks like that it, it's actually promoting Winston in New Zealand first rather than sort of trying to denigrate him. And, and they possibly could have found a, a picture with less of a smile. I don't know. What do you make of, of that? And, and what does it tell you that is there a panic or, or some sort of realization from act that they've got a battle on their hands here? Yeah. Well, I mean, look, Paul, I, I agree with you. I think
1: uh, there is obviously a level of panic that's settled. in. I mean, Um, you know, someone's feathers have been ruffled and, uh, you know, I think New Zealand deserves better than this kind of gutter politics and this cheap, nasty little pot shots at each other. And I know Winston, uh, agrees. Winston wants to, um, you know, play the ball, not the man and, um, tackle the issues and get the job done. Um, we're, we're on a mission and that is to restore New Zealand to be the greatest country on earth. Uh, we were that once and we can do that again. And, um, We want to take ego and um, me, me, me out of the equation. It's not about us. It's not about, uh, you know, what we can get out of it. It's about New Zealand, and it's about helping this country.
0: Um, And are you – where? sorry, I was just going to ask you, where are you on the list? Because you may not get in at the electorate, and I mentioned that before that, you know, I'm going to ask you about that. So if you're not – if you don't get voted in there, are you – in a significant place, let's say you get ten percent, are you in on the list at that level?
1: Um, I think if we get ten percent, we can we can probably fit about thirteen MPs in. I would I would love to think that I'm somewhere in there. Um, the list is always produced uh, in September. Uh, we don't know where we are on the list, so there's no even guarantee okay. for right. me that I'm even I'm even going to go to Parliament. Um, this is a labour of love. This is all about this country fighting. For this country, um, even you know an ex-shorty actor coming back and all all that, um, yeah, it, it depends, you know, on the party and and how we all feel at the end of the day. So, I, I hope so. I, I hope so. That's I'm, I'm in it to win it, and I'm in it to to go in and carry on this momentum and, and really fight for this country in Parliament. Um, I do want to address just one thing though, uh, sure. Paul. And this is coming up to me a lot, and I think you've probably um, had this question. To you as well and a lot of people say to me oh well you know and it's and it's off the back of that billboard right that you were talking to me about um in 2017 you know and the party cops and winston cops a lot of flack for joining a coalition with labor see
0: it all the time lee
1: see it all the time yep and you know i was lucky because both shane jones who's an amazing guy uh and his wife dorothy who have absolutely taken me in as though i was part of the family um they explained this to me and Winston, what really happened. And they they did go to Bill English first. And Bill English basically said not interested. And he said some some things that I was shocked at hearing, but I won't repeat them on the radio. And uh, so he said, I won't give you those policies, but I will give you all you know cabinet positions. And so New Zealand First went from the negotiating table. They went over to Labour and Labour looked at 1,800 new police, provincial growth fund, 3 billion, 1 billion over three years, retooling the military. And they said, we'll do that. And so it wasn't Winston's decision. It was actually the caucus's decision. So, and that's what people don't understand about this party. Um, Yes, Winston Peters is our leader, and um, but he really does believe in democracy and and putting it to a caucus vote and the party vote and the board. And it was the board, the caucus and Winston that all voted on going with Labour because they said, look, we don't care about your fat cat cabinet positions. We're here to do the job for the people that elected us. And they elected us to get these policies over the line. And so that's what they ended up doing. And look, Winston has a lot of talents, but having a crystal ball and being able to predict the future is not one of them. And I don't think you can hold that against the man um, or the party, but I will say um, I am proud for them for, you know, putting themselves last in New Zealand First and getting those policies over the line. And, I mean, look, we've seen, you know, what happens when you don't have New Zealand First acting as a handbrake on the bad ideas of government. And once they were out in 2020, it just
0: went off the rails. Thanks for coming on RCR, Lee.
1: Oh, thank you, Paul. And thank you for the great job that you're doing. And that's the frustrating thing, right, with radio at the moment. I mean, News Talk ZB is the only game in town. They don't really have any competition. So it's nice to see people like yourself going out there and uh, getting getting the other side of the story out there. Thank you very
0: much. Bye-bye. New Zealand First candidate Lee Donahue, Kiwi actor, formerly on Shortland Street. He's standing in the hut South. A letter it for New Zealand first. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check
1: Radio.